0: And I want to be clear, practicing gratitude isn't removing accountability. That's not what practicing gratitude is. Practicing gratitude isn't disregarding your responsibility. That's not what practicing gratitude is. Practicing gratitude is simply acknowledging that you woke up this morning and you are blessed.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Golds Do Come True with me, Doug Bennett. Today, I'm joined by Joe Winters, Jr. So there's others of them, I'm sure. He'll tell us a little bit about that. Anyway, this man here, the secret of our success is determined by our daily path, is plastered all over the wall in his room where he's talking to me today from... Fort Worth in Texas. I needed to get that very clear. He made that very clear before we started that uh, he's from Fort Worth, not Dallas, which is apparently where everybody else in Texas is from. But anyway, (laughs) Joe, over to you, mate. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, how goals fit into your life. You just said there that uh, just beforehand is your bucket list and your goals list, the same thing, and you go all all out for it. So tell me about that.
0: Will it do. Uh, well, firstly, I want to say thank you for having me on the podcast, Doug. Goals has been a major part of my life. Firstly, speaking to the, the Joe Winners Junior part, and there being a lot of Joe Winners Junior or Joe Winners in the world, there is. For myself, I'm named after my father, obviously, being that I'm a junior. But whenever I decided to get an entrepreneurship, really began to build um, what it is that I'm building. I really wanted to own the fact that I was different from my father. So people would, you know, often say Joe Winters and, and I was fine being called Joe Winters my whole life. I wouldn't take offense to it if someone called me Joe Winters. But if I'm being honest, that's my father. I'm Joe Winters Jr. And unfortunately, I can't say me and my father have the best relationship. And so that kind of plays a part in me wanting to really make the distinction as well. But yeah, that that really would, that's what got me to really start owning the junior part in my name, Joe Woodish Junior. But as far as you know what I do, I'm a podcast consultant and results coach. And when I first got into entrepreneurship, my angle was motivational speaking. I looked up to Eric Thomas. And whenever I was in a low place in my life, which was shortly after graduating high school, 10 years ago, actually, this year's my 10-year reunion, I was depressed. And through that depression, I decided to Give up football. I was saying no to football moving forward, although I had the God given ability to continue playing and play in college. And um, a friend of mine, he sent me this video. He said, Joe, I really think you should watch this. And it was Eric Thomas's video on when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Watching that video and just consuming that video consistently while also being turned on to LeBron James documentary, More Than a Game, I realized, okay, you know what? I I do want to continue pursuing my success. I do want to continue playing collegiate football and everything that I believe could come out of it. At the time, the goal was to go to the NFL. I had the goal of running my own business, writing my own books. And somewhere along the way, I realized that my goal really serves as my target my GPS, if you will. But it's not necessarily the most important part of that process. To me, the most important part of the process is is adversity and the lessons that I learned along the way to achieving the goal. And so I've become um, very obsessed with taking personal and professional inventory consistently, which honestly puts me in this state where I Pursue any and everything as I was mentioning to you with my bucket list and my goals list looking a lot of like. That's because I take a consistent inventory of who I am. And so I feel as if I have a list of things that I wish I could go after before I die, to some degree, I don't know myself. This is just my opinion. For me, this is a matter of I know I'm capable. So this is what I'm going after, not a, you know, that, that worked out good for you. I wish it could happen for me. I'm really not one of those people. You know, that's a little bit about myself.
1: <laughs> no, that's cool. You got to go all in, haven't you, with stuff like this? <laughs> you definitely have to. You definitely have to. We don't uh, I mean, more life to live. Yeah. yeah I'm reminded of, uh, of the airline pilot when he's taking that plane off. You know, he could get off the ground with just 40% of the throttle, But does he use 40% of the throttle when he's taking off? No, he goes all in. The throttles go 100% even though it's not needed. And that's what I think you need to do when you're an entrepreneur. I agree. I definitely And and it sounds like that's your philosophy in that respect. Oh, it, it definitely is. One,
0: I got that lesson from a coach of mine though. He said to me, and this wasn't just me, this was our team. He said, no one should ever be able to question your work ethic. People should not be able to approach you and say, I don't think you're working that hard. I don't think you're working to your capability. If anything, you want people to approach you and say, Man, you don't have to work so hard. You can calm down. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can relax a little. Yeah, that's, that's considerably right. more than we were expecting from you. So, yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And ever since then, that's
0: really been how I've approached my life. Of course, I have my minutes and moments where I'm not operating from that. But again, that's the reason why I take consistent inventory of my personal and professional life. So that way I can operate from that as much as possible and as often as possible.
1: Yeah. No, that's good. I like that. Now your goals then, have you got any that you can share with us at the moment? Big ones, seriously huge, big, hairy, audacious goals we like them bags they're called. so what's going on in your world that's like the biggest thing that you can think of at the moment the 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 biggest goal that i have is ending world hunger when i
0: was when i was coming up i endured homelessness myself very early on i was born into a a family of poverty and uh, my mother and my father they just did not get it together they weren't on the, the the same terms and my father he actually would do some prison time And he wasn't really much around for the first eight years of my life, in which my mother was, and she did her absolute best by me and my two younger brothers. And there were moments when my mother was alive where we would have to endure homelessness. We would have to like live in homeless shelters. And when we were living in homeless shelters, of course we had something to eat, but the nights we couldn't get a bed in a shelter, we didn't have a place to stay, nor did we have anything to eat. And I remember, although we were facing that, it was almost as if it wasn't really occurring because of my mother's unconditional love for myself and for my brothers. When I was eight years old, I lost my mother. My mother passed, and I would eventually go on to endure homelessness by myself. Of course, my father got out of prison my brothers and I went to go live with my father. There were times where we as a family was homeless, but then I made the decision, you know what? Like I can't stand on my father's roof because he, he was a very abusive individual to say the least. And so I decided to really get on the road as I call it. And, and I was homeless by myself. And in that time of being homeless, I had counselors, teammates, classmates that would open the, door, the doors of their home to me um, and they would feed me, they would provide me with food. And I I can say truthfully, um, I'm blessed each time that someone opened their home for me to live in their home or for me to stay at their home, especially when they were feeding me because, you know, we have to eat to survive. I really made it up in my mind at a young age that I was created to contribute to the world, specifically communities of poverty, communities that they don't have the resources Mm -hmm. and because they don't have the resources, they don't have the means and the education. To be resourceful because I'm sure you know this lack of resources is hardly ever the problem. It's usually a lack of resourcefulness that's the problem, the inability to go and get the things that you need so that way you can create the life that you deserve. And I just believe that I've been blessed in ways that has, you know, allowed me to create a life for myself and put me in a position where I can partner with other organizations and other people with the same purpose, mission, and calling in life to end world hunger. So that's the Number one goal, and I would say close to the line with it is ending homelessness. But the overall goal is definitely ending world hunger.
1: What can one say to follow that? That's awesome. Aside (laughs) from that, is awesome. And (laughs) I see, I see where it's coming from as well. And and that, that is where people become unstoppable when their their purpose is based upon experience. That you've experienced homelessness, you've experienced hunger. And I totally get that you wouldn't want that for anybody else. So it's a big job. Definitely. <laughs> it's a big job. <laughs> and I'd be interested to know what steps you're taking to get there. Presumably you start more locally okay. and then you go, you move out.
0: That that that's it that's exactly it. The playbook is is one starting locally, being invested in the people that's literally right here within my physical presence and then expanding outward. But I, I realized really a while, probably maybe a year or two ago, that part creating partnerships was going to play a, a large role in it. Like me, myself, I'm not going to end world hunger, but myself in collaboration with other people, we can, we can end world hunger. And that's the goal, but that's the plan. But I, I will also say too, creating free world-class education. I have a podcast, Daily Path Podcast, And on my podcast, from the day that I created it, I said to myself, I am making a podcast and going to give away everything that I've ever learned in my experience. And whenever I interview people, I'm going to solicit the best possible information from their experience and education possible because in the event that someone who is homeless and hungry like I was, is really looking for a change, they could turn on my podcast and Have all the answers for free at their disposal. And to answer your question in a more step by step process, I would say step one is that it it is the world class education and it should be accessible to everyone. And then number two is the actual feeding of people that are hungry and homeless. Now, the world class education part, the role that it plays is sustaining a world where people are not hungry and homeless. See, feeding you know, those that are hungry and temporarily housing those that are homeless, that's only going to go so far. It it has to be that grouped with providing the right information education that will get our world to a place where everyone actually has the information necessary to be able to ensure they're not hungry no more to be able to ensure that they're not homeless no more. So world-class education through free mediums, such as Daily Path podcast, available on all platforms, <laughs> and then actually partnering with other leaders who have the same purpose and mission as me to feed and house um, those locally and expanding beyond our physical presence.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm speechless, right? Because it's like there's so much passion I can feel it in in that, and I like—I I do like, love the idea of sharing. We both invest our time in our podcasts to share some education out there. For so, we're investing in our time, our energy to give that. I'm more than happy to pop along and share some time with you about my thoughts and goal setting and how, because I—I I think goals will have a big impact on people's mental. Health and well being. I agree, agree. If you've got nothing to aim for, then then that is really seriously difficult. Back to the education side of things that you're you're talking about there. It's okay. It's simple to think and have some goals. They just need to be little to start with. Cut you cut your teeth and you get confidence and then goodness only knows where you're gonna end up. And that's the thing. So yeah, I mean we're we're on the same wavelength there, but I would like to ask you, what, what's your number one goal? What's your biggest, biggest hairy goal? That's a good one. That is a good one. I, I feel my purpose and, and I need to work on it because I had a big one and, and that's sort of come true over the last 18 months. So congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. No, no thank Make you. Make sure you capture me saying that. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. That has formed the springboard to be able to do things that write my book and have the time available for the podcast. I've got the feeling that I want to help and somebody said something and it made me think a lot bigger. But again, you need to measure your impact on these things. But I'm looking to, in the first, not in the first instance, but in size wise, the first, I want to help at least a hundred people over the next three or four years, retire sooner than they thought it was ever going to be Mm. possible. Mm. Okay. I respect that. There's a lot of people out there that are so close to being in a position where they've got enough assets, but they're carrying on working. They don't know that they've got enough assets. And if they could stop working, then they have the opportunity to be more philanthropic in some respects. So that's the first thing. They want to set up an education program to to impact at least two thousand other clients to get on the path to this. Mm. This is within my financial services business to get on the path to tidying up their finances, clearing debt, and getting themselves ready. Right. Alongside that, I want to help twenty thousand financial advisors mm. improve what they do with their clients so that mm. they can have an impact. Somebody said to me that they wanted to affect a million people. Wow, how do you measure that? And she actually said, but how do you know you're any closer? She said, no, because every day I might have helped somebody yesterday or the day before, whatever. Right. But I've still got a million people that I want to help. Huge. Huge. <laughs> right. It is huge. You can do it because you understand and appreciate your limitations. Right. And you understand and appreciate mm. that it's a joint venture. Absolutely. And then we need to pull people like ourselves that are in a position to be able to do something, to be able to educate people and to be able to help them along the way. So that's my big, hairy, audacious goal. I'm 58 years of age, not like sub-30, which you must be. Okay, so you've got a whole world ahead of you, which is very exciting, I have to say. To, to have your drive and ambition at your age is very exciting. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Because I drifted. I, I drifted. Yeah. It was a it was only about ten years ago that I finally got it. You achieved that that first
0: massive goal as you mentioned, and I, I hope that I'm able to speak with you when you achieve the next three goals that you have. And then we'll be talking about how we spoke about
1: those goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got to shorten the time frame though. I've got to do it in the next five years. I think because if it's gonna otherwise it's a dream, right? If yeah. it's got a deadline. If it hasn't oh. got a deadline, it's a dream. Yeah, yeah. But I if it's say. got a deadline, it becomes a goal. So right, right. Here we are. Yeah.
0: De- definitely have a, have to have a date. Have to have a date. I agree.
1: <laughs> so that's cool. I like that. I like that big goal. And you help people. Yes. Along yes. the way. And we, we're going to gather all of your stuff off you so that it's going to be available in the show notes. And I like to be punchy with my podcast. So I'm going to condense all the goodness into it. So I'm going to ask you for Joe Winters Jr. Nugget. So something that everybody in the world needs to know that's going to improve their lot, improve their situation, and it's goal-orientated. Absolutely. Nugget. So one thing that is a really
0: great one, I I would have to say practicing gratitude. They say that whenever you take up the discipline of self-defense through, it doesn't matter what it is, jujitsu, boxing, literally all of them, They say how it's important for you to fight or defend yourself calmly because when you're mad or angry or agitated, you are subject to put yourself in harm's way. You're subject to respond and do things that was not necessary. And in most cases, it is not in alignment with what you know you should be doing. Just like those disciplines, pursuing our goals and living our day-to-day life I firmly believe is is a lot like the same, right? Like even in relationships, if you're really mad, if you're really angry, is it best for you to say, if, is it best for you to have that conversation right then and there when you're more likely to say something that you don't mean? Or is it better for you to wait, relax, go collect yourself and then come back and have the conversation when you have a much more level head and you know what you want to say? I say that to say when you practice gratitude, it's, essentially removing the anger removing the fears removing the any emotion that's going to provoke you to do something that you did not have to do usually when people pursue their goal and I'm and I'm when I say people I've been in this group of people okay <laughs> I'm not saying people like it don't happen to me absolutely usually when people go to set their goals and live their day-to-day life If they're not aware of it, it's really easy to live without gratitude. It's very easy to do it. And when you begin to live without gratitude or when you do live without gratitude, essentially you begin to accept a life as opposed to creating the life that you want. Because when it comes to gratitude, you're talking about waking up and firstly paying attention to everything you're grateful for. And just dropping a little secret for you here. When you really pay attention to everything that you're grateful for, you actually begin to realize that you possess everything you need to go to where you're trying to go. We can get deeper into that. But whenever you practice gratitude, you're focused on the things that you're grateful for, your gifts, your skills, your talents, the people that's in your life, the experiences that you have, the education that you have, your, your I, you're also even embracing of your weaknesses and your limitations. Because you're very aware that you weren't created perfect. None of us were created perfect. So to be grateful is to to practice gratitude is really a great way to increase your self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and the ability to make decisions according to what you really want, as opposed to making decisions that is according to something that you're fearful of, right? Like if you're not practicing gratitude, it's really easy for you to wake up and continuously go to that job that you can't stand, continuously hang around those friends that you don't like, and do so under the guidelines that you're doing what you have to do to take care of your responsibilities because life happens. Now, I'm not negating that life happens. Life happens. It does. And I'm not saying that if you're at a job that you, you know, don't like and that you can't stand to immediately leave that job, have a plan for how you're going to leave. If you don't like the job that you're at, but you still got to make ends meet, okay, make ends meet while saving your money and constructing a plan that's going to allow you to transition to what you like. But I say that because the reality is it, it all comes back to gratitude. If we're practicing gratitude, and if we wake up every day grateful, for what we have, grateful for what we don't have, grateful for our purpose and mission, our strengths and our weaknesses, grateful for the relationships that we have and the adversity we face. It's much easier to operate within our true essence, within our true being. And this has been something that I've studied in psychology. But if I'm being honest, this is more so something that I've truly felt in my personal life. I would like to share that last year when COVID began, that was, I, I know COVID is a bad time, but I have some breakthroughs during COVID last year. I was able to have some breakthroughs. And one of those breakthroughs was forgiving my father, forgiving the individual that took my mother's life. I actually did disclose how my mother passed when I was young. Someone took her life. Forgiving the individual that took her life. And then I ultimately realized that I had to forgive myself for the things I blamed myself for, right? Like, I could have saved my mom, and the, the list goes on. In me achieving the peace that I achieved from forgiving my father, the person that took my mother's life, and myself, after a few days and weeks went by, I realized that peace is not something that you arrive at and you stay at. Peace is something that you arrive at in practice. So essentially, practicing gratitude, right? You hold your peace when you practice gratitude. You perform better when you practice gratitude. And I want to be clear, practicing gratitude isn't removing accountability. That's not what practicing gratitude is. Practicing gratitude isn't disregarding your responsibility. That's not what practicing gratitude is. Practicing gratitude is simply acknowledging that you woke up this morning and you are blessed because you woke up this morning, you're blessed for what you have. You're blessed for what you don't have. You're blessed for the strengths you have. You're blessed for the weaknesses that you have. Practice gratitude is honestly the nugget that I have to say in this time of my life is the number one key for me to be at peace, be the father that I need to be, the entrepreneur that I need to be, serve the clients that I have, and ultimately pursue
1: the the goals that I have with grace. For myself, and there we have it, folks. we just need the nugget, and we got it. That was amazing, Joe, absolutely Thanks. fabulous, absolutely fabulous, and it's a lesson for everybody there's things can be tough, but there's always something to be grateful for absolutely and I think this might seem flippant in comparison to that oratory that we've just had, <laughs> but if you wake up in the morning. That's a really seriously great start to the day. Very, the best start to the day. It's the best start to the day. So be grateful for that. (laughs) Joe, I'm blessed to have met you. Thank you very much for joining me today from across the pond. Thank you for your insights. As I said, we'll make sure that your stuff is available within the show notes. But if you want to just pitch out your web address so that people can scribble it down whilst they're at their desk so tell us your website so where people can get hold of you and help you on your vision to end world hunger absolutely
0: my website is www.joewintersjunior.com so that's www.j o e joe winters like the season with an s on the end w i n t e r s and then junior j r .com com.
1: perfect <laughs> Joe thank you very much we're going to leave it there for today thank you everybody for joining me and we will catch up soon
0: thank you for having me it was a blessing
1: thanks for listening don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify I'd love to hear about your goals you can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk.